Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here with me today. I am talking with, I call her my friend Heather. Uh, I call her my friend Heather on all the things. My friend Heather Manley, who is originally crossed my path as a spice maker and has Heather Dirty Goodness Spices, which I'm still crazy about. And then um, she took her progression into her professional life with On Demand Group. And from there decided, hey, I'm not busy enough. Two companies, why not have a third? And started Crooked Water Spirits. And Crooked Water Spirits is women-owned and is currently being produced in uh, Minnesota. So it's Minnesota Maker. Minnesota. And you just have really, Heather, welcome to the program. I I feel like so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you just... You, like from the time I met you, have this maker spirit, this entrepreneurial spirit, and you let no grass grow. Like when you want to do something, you just do it. And I admire that so much. Where did you get that energy from? Uh, you know, I don't know. I I think it's like a, it's a work ethic. And uh, I'll tell you in college, I didn't know it was funny to have 10 W-2s a year. I didn't know that was funny. I didn't have a work ethic in college. I, I I wanted to go party, work to party, go party, work again. Yeah. Uh, and then the second I graduated, I think my parents, my 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 mom and my dad, they own their own business. I had an entrepreneurial grandfather, uh, and uh, I saw how hard they worked. I know I wanted their life or better. And the like, literally, the month I graduated, it was like a switch. And and then I just. I wanted to work. I loved to work. And, uh, and all of a sudden I didn't want to sit still and I just wanted to build and, and people build a lot faster and a lot better than I do, but I do it at my capacity and how I can do it and the pace I can do it. And, um, and I love it. When you started in food and the food world, liquor world, what was it about that industry in particular that appealed to you? Well, my passions are family, food, and booze. I've said that since I was in college. So the the tech company is family. The Heather's Dirty Goodness is food, and Crooked Waters is booze. And at some point, I'll love to make a wine because I want to drink really nice wine at cost. Um, but like, I'm driven by all that. So, and it's a very sometimes shallow life because I'm very easily pleased with like stunning food and amazing cocktails and. Uh, always the conversation has to be better than all of that. And it's like the perfect, it's the perfect day for me. It literally fills my bucket. So from travel to how I spend my time to the businesses I started, they all surround that. And they're all definitely in varying levels of success, but all passion, which makes it all fun. I love that you're unapologetic about saying that because when you talk about, you know, like someone said, called it my hobby life. And I was like, yeah, I guess it is my hobby life, but it's also like my work life, my life life, like my everything life. It's what makes me get out of bed every morning is thinking about what I'm going to eat that day or some cool new cheese that I know that someone's preparing or um, the wine that I get to have later on because I'm going to a multi-course dinner. Like it's not shallow. It's fun. It's not. It is. And you know what? And we're curious we're just curious in different areas than other people. Like I love going to a grocery store. Literally, I will not go with my SO with Rhett 
because he will be like, we're on a timeline. You said you needed 10 things. Why are you looking at this? This is not on the list. And I'm like, this is something new and I'm very excited about it. And it's like affordable splurges. Um, but I, I was chatting with somebody and, and he really shared that like his work was a means to an end and priority was family and, um, uh, and some hobbies. And I'm like, I, to me, it's like, Jesus, that's really hard when like 10 hours of your day and no doubt the weekends and your whole of what you're building and doing, if, if it's not based on something you love or it's not a means to end, it is a job. And that sucks. So I feel very lucky that I get to choose what I wanted. We all get the choice. I'm re- I feel very lucky that I've made that choice um, and that I know what I love. So let us, because I can see like looking and thinking, oh, spices. Yeah, I've got these blends. Like I can do that. I can buy bulk spices. And, but you like took that a lot further with Crooked Water and creating your own spirit company. And I mean, how did you figure out what you were even supposed to do to get that started? Well, let's be clear. There's no money in spices. So we (laughs) all know that no one's ever, I mean, it's just, it's more expensive, the higher quality less salt, the high, the more expensive people aren't used to spending that. And that's okay. You just got to call it. I know, I know what it is. And that was kind of my first POC B2C business to consumer, um, proof of concept. I learned a lot in that whole journey. So it wasn't even that failure in a lot of areas brought a lot of wealth of knowledge on how to do it better. Um, with booze. I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing. I just got off my, the call with Johnson brothers with Emery and I'm like, what? I go, this doesn't exist, but what do you think of this? And he's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if I can legally do this, but let's maybe explore, right? And it's and it's the curiosity that I think is a differentiator. Um, our ability to have the palette in-house, we don't outsource anything, um, also makes it really feasible to do something like this and the creative in-house. So, you know, Rhett and I'm, knowing each other since art school, we can make these beautiful labels. I, I know how to um, get corks made out of Germany that are fire branded and our investment back into the brand because we don't take any profits out of the brand. We still in year, oh my God, eight or 10, 10. We still reinvest every F and cent back into the company because I'm more excited to see how that money can make it grow than I am about putting it in my pocket. Right. Um but it's also like, I, I know how to cook. And when you know how to cook, you know how to put flavors together. You work with people who are willing to also be curious or take chances or give you the time to um, create and innovate. And I started with just cold calling 10 distilleries and ended up with, at the end of the day now, two in Minnesota. Um, but people that were willing to give me an opportunity to leverage their talent, leverage their infrastructure, use my recipes. And it's just kind of evolved from there. But you don't need to know what you're doing. I mean, what's the worst that you have a shitty liqueur that you give to all your friends for a year? I mean, it's, it's still alcohol at the end of the day. It doesn't suck. True. But nobody else would think about it like that except for you, which makes me laugh because you're like, yeah, like everybody thinks like this. I'm like, no, no, they don't. Okay. Take us through the first Crooked Water flavor all the way to where you're at today. So uh, when ODG, when I came into it, it was broke. It was not broke, but it was 10 people, right? Like I think even after four months in the tech business, we were in the red and that's where Sean and I said, okay, let's strategize. What, what are we doing? Where are we going? 
And in saying that, we needed to rebrand, uh, knowing Rhett, uh, we, we weren't even dating that. Or no, we weren't dating then. Uh, and I asked him to rebrand, but we had really no money for marketing or design services and all the iterations that need to happen in rebranding. So I paid him in a very high-end scotch. And I had a really beautiful collection over doing uh, two to three bottles a month for a year. I realized um, after uh, hearing about Gamel Ode and their beautiful Dill Aquavit, it helped me understand the, the, like, the beauty of craft of micro versus macro. And when I sat and thought, what could I bring to market that nobody's doing? Uh, I looked up and all of my favorite scotches, and I drink, I drink a lot of scotch in college, which is hilarious, hence the you know, 10 W2s a year. Um, and I realized that all my favorite scotches were cask finished and nobody was doing that that I could find uh, in the country for sherry and only one company for port. So that's how I decided to come up with Kings Point and Lost Lake. I found a broker out of Colorado to find me stunning $700 casks. I interviewed a dozen people, uh, ended up at Yahar. We executed that, uh, sold out in like three days or, or like, and it was a very small amount of bourbon, right? But it sold out where I think we were the first to formally launch in the state. Um, and from there, it was like, oh, shit, this could be a business. I didn't really think about it. I was just having fun. And how stupid. Like, I didn't realize how liquor stores would be pissed off that I didn't have any more product for them because they made room to put my skew on there. I mean, just very naive. I think there's beauty in being naive because you don't know what you can't do, right? But definitely le lessons learned. So once I sold out of everything, I, I was like, oh, okay, this could be a business. Now what do I need to do? I don't have any investors. I don't have any debt but I slowly built my barrel program. So we're still small, we're like a couple hundred barrels. Um, and while I was building that, I launched the Age Vodka, which we don't even sell anymore. Um, Cause it was just different fun, nobody was doing it. And it was more of an educational tool. And then I launched Sundog, which is our number one selling gin, citrus forward. If you hate gin, you won't hate this cause it's really like a citrusy vodka. Um, then we made Abyss. And then, you know, now we have Quadcast Finished Apple Brandy. Uh, an espresso ready to pour. We're the first ready to pour to launch in Minnesota, which is insane to think about now. Um, we make a Boulevardier that nobody knows about, apparently from my sales records, nor my Negroni. Uh, very boutique, like 100 cases of each of those a year. I know um, about it. I haven't really pushed yeah, well, thank you. I haven't really pushed them because we, we, are, we moved distilleries, but this year will be a big year of just evangelizing those because they're beautiful. I'm super proud of them, but I think we have really 12 or 11 SKUs, including the 50 mils that are on the planes and some 200 mils. And now it's really more about, it's really noisy with the THC and um, bigger brands coming in with a lot more money and a lot of SKUs can be very confusing. So now we're just focusing on maybe a subset of like five, five really core products. And then that's what we'll be really pushing in 2024 and 2025. I like that strategy. Um, it always tickles me when I'm on a Sun Country flight and they ask me what I want. And I always say that I would like the manly old fashioned. Thank you. And then I tell everybody around me, this is my friend <laughs> Heather's cocktail. <laughs> and they get really jazzed about it. And then they order it too. And then they I like take that. their first sip and they'll look over and they'll be like, oh, this is really good. Oh, that just melts my heart. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I, like, I mean, for that old fashioned, I mean, I made it like parlor, like Marvel, like Constantine, 
I partner with Angostura. I partner with Bitter Cube for their bitters. I use a three-year, at least, bourbon in there, a lot of times four-year. I use Demerara. I mean, there's all these things that there's no corner skirted, even though everyone's tried to persuade me to do that to save money. I will not because yeah. I want to drink it and I don't make shit. And so I want to make things that I'm proud about. If I wanted to build a company and sell it with a skinny girl BS product, I could have done that already, but yeah. I would not be able to look you in the face and say, support me. Yeah. And right? support you. I'm very proud to do. We are having a dinner and we're coming out of the dry January, which a lot of people, I read that Good like 33% though, this year versus like 22% last year. And many people are doing like damp or moist January, which is fine. Oh, moist. Yeah. Moist. Yes. Very moist January. But we're going to be coming out of dry January, rolling heavy and hard right into February 6th at the Lexington. Yeah. We're having a four course dinner. You will be able to get, um, have we determined, I don't even know if we finally determined what the cocktail is that the Lex will be featuring yeah. all of February. Yes. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping it's the Sundog product because that's like one of my favorite patio pounding cocktails. He added mint to it as well, which I think would be beautiful and kind of we're all a little desperate for spring. So I'm hoping yes. that's what's the menu, but that will be the, I think the first drink that we have on the tasting menu. And do you know the other three? I hate to put you on the spot. Uh, one will be uh, coffee old fashioned. And one will have uh, one. I have no idea, but I also know it has our rye in it. One will be a bourbon cocktail. And then uh, I think we said screw vodka because, right. You mean? Yeah. You can do uh, vodka at home. I think it's two gins. Oh, it's a gin. It's a bourbon. It's our quad cask gavel brandy and it's an old fashioned. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and I we will be that. pairing each of those with courses that chef has designed for us. This is a $120 ticket, but you'll walk away with four cocktails and a beautiful coursed meal. And what I think is so special about these dinners is People will get to hear you tell your story. They'll get to ask you questions. You're right there. The The attendance is capped at 50. So it's a small, intimate group in the Lexington. We're in kind of their uh, Williamsburg room, which is where they have the jazz normally. And oh, it's nice. just, it's really pretty. And it's a nice opportunity to get in front of some of your favorite makers. When I've gone to dinners in the past and you know, you have multiple courses. I love having one point of view from a spirit perspective because we kind of get to take, uh, you get to take us on this journey all the way through all of your crooked water influences, how uh, you started with one and how you ended up with another. It's really a, a fun thing to do. Is it more challenging in the environment with some of the taste changing with THC? Or is it just always kind of the same game and there's always something new and different? I think it's always something new and different. Uh, I think we're 25% down in off-prem just because I think of THC and people not drinking as much, but then we're up 30% on-prem, right? And and the year before we were up 100% on-prem and up 30, you know, it's just, it's always all over the board depending on what the trends are. Um, you know, I think THC will probably get more regulated. I hope it, you know, I don't, I don't do it. So I don't really pay attention to it, 
but for sure, I know reps are saying that they're just seeing it kind of just fly off the shelves. Um, I like to manage my buds. And I think with THC, it's like you're in it and you're in it for like two or three hours. Whereas kind of how I, I feel too. Feel, yeah. If I feel a buzz with alcohol, I can have a glass of water and it's right back down within 15 minutes. So maybe that's the control freak in me um, a little bit uh, type A, but um, you know, I just, I think it's, I think it's exciting. I think the more that we can have freedom to do business in Minnesota, the better everybody will be. So yeah, because whatever that ends up being, if we stop being what they call the nanny state, you know, where the state is governing all of your choices, that is better for business. Yeah. We're a fun sponge state. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I ask you kind of a weirdly unrelated, but related question. One of the things that I'm obsessed with in both your personal and your professional life is your tablescapes. You have the most beautiful tablescapes. You've also designed a house that just speaks to my heart so much because it's designed for entertaining. Like, yeah, yeah you walk when, in and it's a the 10 foot table in your face. And I realized like probably how odd that is, but I absolutely love it. it. It works for me so much. And it's part of why I love to come to your house. And you just, every space in your home feels warm and entertainment worthy. You know what I mean? Like, even Thank your you. bathroom feels like you could hang out in there with a cocktail if you wanted to. That's because there's a speaker in there. Everyone should yeah. put a movie speaker in their bathroom just for and, privacy. And there's just like beautiful smells in there. And I mean, uh, I say this with 100% sincerity. You are one of my favorite like entertainers. And when I get invited to be in your you. entertaining presence, I'm so excited. And your tables and what do you think, like, people are kind of hesitant to entertain at home, I think. They just yeah. don't feel like they know how to put a menu together or that it's so much work. What makes entertaining feel effortless to you? Because it sure looks effortless when you do it. Oh, well, I love you for saying that. And second, I'll add you to even other weird events if I know you're willing to come out into the middle of nowhere. Please. Um, I'm closer than I used to be. <laughs> I know you are. Um you know, like I, we did a charity event on, I think it's my, my creative background, but we did a charity event um, with Smack Shack for Great River Greening. And I had nothing on the table. And like, uh, even Don, the sous chef, she was like, so do you want help with this? I'm like, no, 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 I'm just going to go outside. And I went outside with scissors and I cut all my hydrangeas. And it's like probably one of my favorite tablescaping I've ever done. So I did warn everybody it could go up at any moment. So like have your drinks ready. But like, I just, I love finding the weirdest things and making them beautiful. And it is stressful. Like, I mean, I, I plan, I like perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. So that's my own problem. What I, I think my, my thing is I'm trying to find joy in just the experience, right? The joy of having friends that want to come here, the joy of um, even having a table for 12 that I can, you know, like, like there's, there's, and, and my expectations are my own people don't come in with them and they, they just want to be here. And I, I will say, I think I even told you remember the party like four years ago, or it might even been pre COVID or in COVID. I'm like, I can't host like every, every party. Everyone needs to have parties. Yes. And, you know, the, like for me, the biggest joy is to go somewhere else and not have to clean and not have to think about it. And I'm horrible. Cause sometimes I even forget the hostess gift. Cause I'm so ready to let everything go. 
and I am so embarrassed when I show up that I have nothing. Uh, but I love it when other people host. And I think what people need to get into their head is it's never a competition. Get that, get your inspiration from, from Instagram, but comparison is a thief of happiness, right? So do it to what makes you happy, but don't compare yourself to anybody else. Right. And like your friends just want to be in your presence, you know, like you can yeah. even make hot dogs and beans. No one cares. And they would, they would effing love that if you made yeah. hot dogs and beans. Right. And, and like, and do it in the cutest way and all, I mean, they just really want to hang out. Yeah. I think for me, one of the goals I had for this year was to entertain more. I've gotten a little complacent since COVID, you know, we yeah. came out of the sort of just, we came out of COVID and it was like every, everything's on again, but I was trying to find a good balance of, yeah. I enjoyed some of the COVID things. So I wanted to come back and be more intentional about how I was spending my time, but yeah, I'm not entertaining as much in my own home as I wanted to. I'm not, Stephanie, I'm not either. I actually like turned into this uh, unexpected introvert in, in COVID, which I loved because I was so out of balance of being so social that I now kind of covet that or, or need a little bit of that, that private time that I, I didn't really um, I didn't need before, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I always, I felt very similarly and I thought like, well, is this age? But for me, I think, you know, the more that life gets lived out loud through social and through our work and, you know, the, the radio show and now the TV stuff and all of that is so energy, um, producing, but also draining that yeah. I need like a lot more time by myself. Yeah. It's kind of comforting to hear that. Cause like even this year and last year, I made my holiday party at the American Legion, which is insane because like my house is meant to have a party, but it's like, it's almost like, I don't, I, I want to outsource the bartender, the bar, you know, spill your drink. I don't give an F right. Like everyone get wild, have fun. And it's like, it's so so interesting to have that mindset. Like at some point I'll have to have another party here, maybe this summer where we can kind of leverage all the spaces, but it like, it's even weird to be outsourcing my parties when I, I thought about that. I thought about yeah. that with you, but I think what I came to was, you know, you're probably doing like at holidays, we might be entertaining multiple days in a row. Yeah. I last year I did four Thanksgivings in one week and I cried at the third one. Yeah. Like with all my YPO guys, all dudes. And I just lost it. And they're like, uh, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, like, I don't know, but I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted and overwhelmed. Yeah. And I had another Thanksgiving to do in two days and they were so kind, but they're like, so maybe we don't do this next year in Thanksgiving week. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think post COVID, I just have different boundaries yep. of like, or stress levels I'm willing to take on. Well, I'm glad that you're willing to take on the event at the Lexington with me because we're going to have yeah. fun. I'm, I'm then... not going to cry and I'm super excited. No, you're not going <laughs> to cry. We're just going to be able to revel in your flavors, your profile of your botanicals that you bring to the party. And I think you'll be really just impressed by the people that come and how fun they are and how excited they are to learn about your product. So we do a lot of these events. Uh, but I haven't done like a great tasting dinner in a while. So I'm really excited just to hang out and do something really fun and have amazing food and, and, um, 
have my spirits associated with them. So I'm really excited. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me today, Heather. I'm going to get this podcast posted right away so that people can hear the story and join us at your great event that we're going to be having at the Lexington. It's Crooked Water Spirits, Heather Manley. We'll see you soon. Couple weeks. Love it. Love you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.